everybody, welcome to Agitator. My name is J. David Osborne, that's Kelby Losak. Kelby, please introduce our guest for us. Today on the podcast, we have the lunatic diviner himself, the man with only one vowel in his name, Luna D. What the fuck is up? Hey, yo, what's good, what's good? Just chilling, watching anime. Hell yeah, I'm glad to be a part of it, bro. Agitator looks fire, like, I've been seeing the hype about it, and I'm, I'm excited, bro. Oh, this is our Christmas special, everybody. So Merry Christmas. I fucking love oh, yeah. Christmas. It's my favorite it's holiday. Dog. It's all right. Buying gifts stresses me out, dog. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, spending money is stressful. <laughs> <laughs> fucking A, bro. Might have to tell my friends Christmas ain't happening this year. What? Oh, no. It looks like, Kelby, looks like you invited a Grinch on the show. <laughs> 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 fucking Scrooge. My bad, my bad. I just watched that, um... Tyler the Creator Grinch the other day with Rowan. Oh shit! I forgot he did that, bro. It it was decent for a remake. Like you know, I don't, I really don't like animated movies these days, like modern shit, which is so that's my old man take. But it was uh, it was not unbearable, and the production is really good. Like the con- the uh, score is really good. No, you're right. You're right. He got some bangers on there, bro. Like he put some fucking bangers in Doctor Seuss, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> like it's crazy yeah, yeah i like that reaction to dr seuss from the black community you know yeah 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 because i mean like uh, you know we might have been fucking with him at first but like i don't know like no actually dr seuss like if you look back he made some like super racist cartoons like in his before he got famous you know what i mean so uh we haven't we haven't really been fucking with dr seuss not gonna lie <laughs> but but tyler's tyler's part nazi so it, you know it's cool oh uh, yeah right it's still deep down in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got multiple characters going on. Bro, oh my god. Yo, so this is kind of off topic, but like, yesterday, um, I kind of procrastinated to watch Angel's Egg, but I, wa- I did watch it twice yesterday, but I watched Spider-Man right before that, so I was like, then maybe that's why it was kind of hard for me to keep my attention, because that was like one of the best fucking superhero movies I've ever seen in my fucking life. Like, that shit was fucking crazy. And like, I went to, it came out yesterday, so I went... With a bunch of people seeing it for the first time, so everybody's like standing up and clapping and shit. It was just fucking wild, dude. It's like seeing Endgame again. I hated Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't like it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but that's cool. <laughs> dude, no, I was in there just like, oh, like all the nerds just fucking, oh, you know what I mean? Just fucking jerking each other off. It was great. One of the the Spider-Man movie that I really liked was the Into the Spider Verse. I thought that was pretty amazing. Oh, no, that's the best one, bro. That's the best one for sure. Because it's colorful, and they're using the computer technology in ways that I had never seen before. I'm kind of, uh, I don't know, I just feel like everything these days is kind of a copy of a copy. And Spider-Verse felt new. It felt unique. And also, dude, the, okay, so father and son stuff, because now I, I got a little boy. So father and son stuff gets me really easily. I'd probably cry watching Finding Nemo now or something, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I understand, bro. I would too, shit. But the way that they handled the father and son relationship in Spider Verse, it got it got me, it got me a little bit. So you know, I'm not immune to the 
the charms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But this one is a live-action one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'll probably be watching all of these when the kid gets of age. Because, you know, like when you're little, the superhero thing is... I think about that with Marvel movies a lot. If they had come out when I was, you know, seven or eight years old, that would have been my whole life. Oh, just watching those shit, movies. Yeah, bro, yeah. No, instead we had, like, uh, the old X-Men and, like, fucking what the fuck else. The superhero movies we, we had growing up were kind of underwhelming, I'm not going to lie. I would watch uh, Indiana Jones a lot. That one was good. Those movies were good. Uh, Star Wars. What else did I watch? I don't know. I just made a lot of shit up. I would get action figures and, and have crossovers before there were crossovers, you know? So you'd have Wolverine and Han Solo fighting. Which in real life, it's like it's not See, even a that's real that, fight. See, that's that mind of an author working already. <laughs> yeah. Getting, that, getting them stories ready, you know what I mean? Getting them stories ready. I used to write little books on uh, computer paper and do the illustrations, but they were all rip-offs of Steven Seagal movies that I'd seen. So I would just be... <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Wolverine is hard to kill. He's like... Look, looks at Han Solo and he's like, I'm gonna take you to the bank. The blood bank. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> Harrison Ford going wild. Those movies were fantastic. Spider-Verse was kind of, that was that was about uh, Luna D's upbringing. Dude, if they do the live action, they gotta cast me. I'll cut my hair for the role. I don't give a fuck, bro. They can use CGI to make me look younger and everything. How old are you? Uh, twenty-eight. Okay, okay, right. So you're, you're, you're sort of in our in our generation. Kelby, you're you're twenty-nine, right? Twenty-nine. I think no, almost. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ninety-three, bro. When we got past, so this is this is gonna tie into the episode. Like this is gonna tie into Angel's Egg and how time and memory works and everything. Because like, when we got past, like out of the early two thousands. It got so hard for me to keep track of time. Like, what... I wonder if people in the 1920s felt the same way, maybe? Because, af <laughs> like, after adjusting to the new century, they're like, wait, what year is it now? Because it's just awkward numbers. It's, like, hard to remember. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, dog. I've been forgetting what day it is, bro. <sighs> yeah, I don't even know what time is anymore, because I just stay home with the kid, and my life is pretty much over except for this podcast and you know oh i had sex the other day that was dope that's nice that's not, that's yeah, tell us about it <laughs> uh well how was he? you know <laughs> oh no it was good it was good it felt good to you know experience vagina again because um, it just it just does it yes, you know uh... since, I have, since the kid the kid went into his pack and play and we were like you know we were on a schedule we're like we got we got like 15 minutes and i'm like that's like 10 times the time i even need like I would get, <laughs> I would get this worked out yes, sir. gotta get it in when you can my guy you got any kids luna <coughs> me uh not not that i know of no sir Oh, okay. Yeah, don't do that. Just don't. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. If you if you value your your life and your time, don't do it. Yeah. No, I gotta wait a little bit. I wanna like travel a little bit, move around a little bit, and then I'll then I'll stick one in somewhere. Sure. Uh, I'm 35, so I waited too. You know, like I 
that base I got all that out of my system. Um, and okay. That's and like perfect. I was ready to just like chill and play Dark Souls and have a baby. So that's pretty much it. Fuck yeah, dude! Actually, I was reading some of the comments on the Angels Egg video on YouTube, and some people were saying that it was inspired, or Dark Souls was kind of like inspired by it. Oh, I, totally. I didn't really play. I didn't really play Dark Souls like that. I see my friends play it. That shit looks hard as fuck. It is hard, yeah. It's really hard, but it's a lot of fun. And Angel's Egg, the whole time I was watching it, I was getting the Dark Souls vibe from it. So when you when you play the game, you you save your game at bonfires, right? And yeah. just the whole dark dungeon-style environment with all the gothic architecture and then, you know, the, the long-ass scene towards the end of Angel's Egg where they're sitting in front of a little fire. I was like, oh, this is Dark Souls, 100%. So I think um, Miyazaki, who made Dark Souls, I think Angel's Egg and uh, Berserk were probably his two big influences. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm really interested in, like, uh, the, the male character. Like, I don't know. Like, he gave me vibes of, like, Cloud Strife, kind of, or, like, this, like, mercenary dude. And I'm just, like, curious about his weapon and shit. Like, and his motives. It's just, it was weird. He was, like, quoting the Bible and shit towards the middle of it. It's yeah. very interesting. There's a lot of religious, um, a lot of like religious um, stuff in the movie that I didn't notice until like afterwards. I, like watched twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to rewatch it, thinking of it as Noah's Ark, and see if it kind of has more of a pick. Because that's bro, the he, that's, he that's quotes it. Genesis that six, it, right? Bro. So yeah, I, I I didn't notice until like the end um, that they were in this big fucking ark-looking thing, and there was like animals, animal schools everywhere and shit like that. I didn't realize that. It's like, they they were making a reference to Noah's Ark, um, whenever Old Boy was like uh, talking about sending the dove out, like 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 it was in the Bible or whatever, like sending the dove out to see if the the land was dry, and then it never came back and shit like that. Just fucking crazy. They were saying that's that's basically like a metaphor for blind faith. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, and he does a little twist on it too because at the uh, I was actually like, "Holy shit, that's metal." Is that really how that story went? I for like, but no, it, like he he changes the <laughs> end of it where uh, <laughs> um yeah, 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 I was like, "I don't think that's how it got, but I mean, it's it's just it's crazy." Yeah, and I didn't uh I didn't realize until after watching it that this was uh directed by uh shit what's that dude's name oshi uh memoro oshi yeah memoro oshi who did ghost in the shell and shit he was apparently like going through a crisis of sorts like at the time like uh he was raised christian apparently is what i read and he had lost his faith in christianity when making this like before making this movie bro that makes so much fucking sense yeah, I mean, it, it, it feels like someone abandoning or wrestling with their faith. Like, I guess that, that, that would have been the feeling, like, in the ark, waiting on that dove to come back, is like, man, I don't think, I think God left us. Like, I, I, I don't think we're ever getting off this boat. That's, like, the vibe of the whole movie, is, like, God left us. That's the fucking vibe of it, because it's sad, it's, like, drawn out. Um, it, it was very slow at the beginning, like Homeboy said, it was... Matt, I get the beginning. I was like, "Are they gonna fucking talk at all?" <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it was slow at the beginning, dude. But yeah, it's it's got that feeling of it just like, the slowness. Honestly, makes it it kind of uh, gives you the feeling of like waiting. You know what I mean? Of like waiting or whatever mm. for That's for that true. dove to return. 
Yeah, that's really true. I'd never thought about it that way, that the, the duration and the slow pace was... I mean, obviously it's intentional because, you know, he has a scene where they sit in front of a fire for three minutes, but, like, it didn't click with me that that was part of the story. And I think that that is an interesting element of entertainment these days, especially when, you know, everything has to be quick. We look at memes, songs have to be, like, two and a half minutes. I'm not complaining. Fucking TikToks. TikToks, exactly, right? And while that is all the way it is to participate in a hyper-competitive, you know, neoliberal, capitalist, uh, you know, survival of the fittest, Darwinian type shit, we've, unfortunately in that, we've had to abandon things that actually take time. And time itself is, you know, it's an element of an experience. That's part of what reading is about right i mean reading you're creating an image in your head but at the same time i mean a book takes you six seven eight hours to to read right so you have to be in that world for that length of time and that's part of its part of its power i guess no 100 percent, bro 100 percent. luna are you or were you religious yeah so that's why i thought this was honestly perfect for us to like talk about because I kind of have like a parallel with the director in some way or like the creator of the story in some way just because like I grew up very religious and I had a falling out with that but I'm still, uh, I still reflect on my time and like uh, I don't know how it affected me and stuff like that. That's why you see like religious imagery like in my artwork and in my brand and stuff like that because I mean I, it's, I was deeply, deeply affected by it and it's, it's, still, it's still a part of me, you know what I mean? But even though I'm not religious anymore but yeah, I thought this was this is actually perfect. Like this is so perfect. What religion were you? Uh, like Baptist, Christian. Went to like you know the black church down the road for like my whole life. You know, basically, grew up there, shit like that. But like as I as I was getting older, like a teenager and stuff like that, started to like question it, stuff like that. And I kind of still went just to make my mom happy, but that was like a big conflict because it wasn't what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? So I struggled with that for a while, but mm-hmm. eventually it's it became all good. Kelby, did you grow up religious? Yeah, yeah. Uh, really? <laughs> what was that supposed to mean? <laughs> I didn't know that. I just didn't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we bounced around all kinds of like denominations and shit. It was it was mostly like my parents trying to, because my parents were typical Gen X, where like they were made to go to church and they didn't really care. They just grew up normal and it and they weren't religious they just went to church and it was like just part of what you do but i thought way too deeply into all of it and was questioning shit and everything and they kept trying to make us go to church to like make us grow up right i guess and uh that didn't work out so well work. <laughs> what so i have i have a question for both of you I'll start with luna when you started questioning christianity southern baptist christianity what was the question that you had that was irreconcilable that you were just like okay I can't I can't I can't do this anymore <coughs> I think it was um uh seeing how wrathful this god was I don't know there's a bunch of things but I was like this shit just don't really add up there's a bunch of things over time but I was like I don't know it, it's 
it I just saw through it. Like I saw through it at, at a young age, but I was just like, oh, I was more okay with it. Like when I was older, just actually accepting it. You know what I mean? Like I was just like, there's no, there's no way, there's no way that uh, I I would say maybe I became a little bit more spiritual. And I was just like this whole God thing. You know, like there's some things in the Bible that are cool about like morals and stuff like that, but it's just like it just. Yeah, there was a bunch of different things, man. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's all right. That's fine. What about you, Kelby? It it was the it was the narrative to me, like, um, cause I I now I have no problem with the Christian religion. If you act, if like most Christians don't know what that religion is, but I have no problem with that at all, and. The Bible is actually really cool now that I can just read it like without people telling me what it means because they were always wrong. Like it, it's, it's actually not a difficult book to get through, but it was the like literal pushing of it, mm-hmm. and that's that's just weird to follow every line of a book literally, and it's like it's gonna constantly contradict itself because you're taking out snippets of a like it, it's like teaching the religion of Lord of the Rings. And some people be like, but we're, we're going to teach from the Fellowship of the Ring. And then we're going to teach from a clip of uh, Return of the King next. And it's like, but there's, <laughs> that doesn't always apply. Like, how can I, one day I'm, su- I'm supposed to, to transport the ring. And then the next day I'm supposed to like be, I don't know why I started using this analogy. Because I didn't pay attention to Lord of the Rings. But... <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> but you know what's interesting about? Oh, sorry. Finish your thought. My bad. No, it, it was just the fallacy in the in the narrative, like just the just the plot holes of it. Like it doesn't make sense to follow a plot line. Like that just doesn't. You can be Christian. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just like you can't be teaching me shit from a book and then not go live like that. And I wouldn't expect you to live like that anyways. That doesn't make sense. It's like fucking 2021. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, um, the hypocrisy thing is a big one. When you're talking about the Bible stories not matching up, I think that was a big one for me too. I read a book called Neuro Apocalypse by this dude, Danny Nemu, and he lives in Peru. He's part of a religion called Daime, which the religion is basically everybody gets together and drinks ayahuasca. That's the religion. But he uh, wrote this book, and he was talking about how in the Bible, you know, the translation is fucking weird because they translated it from Hebrew, and uh, ancient Hebrew doesn't have any vowels, you know, kind of like Luna, right? Oh, there's, shit, there's, there's, there's very few vowels. So, ba- so basically, like, in... Uh, <laughs> a translation that they did, you know, they, it says, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, if you change the vowels in that phrase, the Hebrew becomes translated as, in the beginning, God created the mind, right? Um, so there's basically this whole alternate translation of the Bible that you could do if you switch letters around. Uh, and not even switch them around, but just, you know, it was a guessing game, so everybody had to figure it out. But... Um, the whole thing about them not fitting, what Nemu says in this book that's really interesting is that the Bible is supposed to uh, mimic and resemble a human brain, including contradictory thoughts, right? So he looks at it as this artwork that is reflective of who we are, that has a passage for 
wherever you're at in your life at that time and you know where you get fucked up is when you try to follow those those rules because they don't make any goddamn sense yeah damn that's no, super I fuck interesting with that heavy because yeah no the the bible's legit like it's fucking legit you just got to be in the right headspace to come to that's it. a fucking gnarly book I had to study it like in church and shit like that. It was pretty gnarly. How did you? How did your family deal with you deciding you didn't want to go to church anymore? Um. Yeah, it was kind of hard at first, but I mean, they they start, they respect my decisions, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you think you have any kind of leftover superstitions or anything from your time in in going to church? Um, not really. I kind of want to see a biblically accurate angel in real life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, with like the million eyes and shit, just like, you know, be not afraid. And it's like, ah. <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah, man. I'm like, oh my see, God. That was my whole thing is, and I just die. Like, I, I moved away from that shit, and then I smoked DMT, and I went back. Oh, because yes, the DMs. When I, when I smoked DMT, the shit that I saw, I came out of that, and I'm like, okay, there's something. It was that and uh, a San Pedro mescaline trip between the two of those. Oh, shit, I've had San Pedro cactus juice extract myself, dude. Yeah, what was your experience that shit is like? A, that is a fucking gnarly trip right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had it in a bag. We had crushed up cactus in this big Ziploc bag, and I guess the way it works is that the mescaline's not evenly distributed, so we mixed it in water and put cinnamon on it, so that it would taste good. It didn't taste good. It's like a slug. No, it's gross. <laughs> but uh, it's my, my gross. buddies didn't get shit out of it. And I guess I got all the mescaline. So <laughs> I was visited by aliens and they showed me the weapon of the apocalypse and like the future, which is crazy because uh, like 10 years later after this trip, I was uh, online and I, I just I started seeing it everywhere. And it was it's like a symbol that ancient peoples have dri- have drawn on stuff and I'd never seen it before my trip or even you know before finding it so I tapped into some deep Akashic record deep human reptile memory and when I came back out I was like you know what I think God's real <laughs> dude that is crazy you tapped into like some kind of like hive mind of, of like information or something mm-hmm. like fucking wild yeah man yeah pretty i want to do some psychedelics now god damn it hey. i fucking work today yeah <laughs> well if, if you if you know if you really want to uh to get it done there are ways you know just <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh no yeah so it's been a while because uh, I, I think that mushrooms pretty much like cured my depression and made me a better person so i support anybody taking psychedelics whenever I wonder how a lot of uh, people would feel about that. Like, my return to God was mescaline. It's <laughs> just like, uh, good for, <laughs> wait, um, okay. <laughs> I mean, you can't say that at like a regular church, but I'm sure there's places that, you know, that's cool. I, I think that's a legit approach to to all of that though because like yeah i i have had like a couple of death experiences and so you know went through the natural dmt stage and was like i mean kind of the same thing like ended up coming back around to like the feeling like i understood the nature of god more and where like the the angels made sense like all of that shit just made so much more sense Oh, absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna pose a challenge to you, Luna. 
Can you uh, describe for our guests what happens in Angel's Egg? Uh, fucking A. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a slow start in a, like a post-apocalyptic type of city. Really dark city. And there's this like unnamed girl. I don't think they ever say her fucking name. It's like angelic looking girl. Like white hair, like white skin. Um, and she has this fucking egg with her that she carries everywhere like under her dress and then out of nowhere this guy appears like I said earlier this like cloud strife like merchant type of character guy appears and like kind of follows her around creepily and there's not much dialogue and uh, I don't know he has this obsession with getting her egg but he doesn't really get it immediately I think at one point he like gets it she like leaves it somewhere he gets it doesn't destroy it or anything gives it back to her and then they like mm-hmm. wander off somewhere together. Like he follows her, and then they kind of become close. I guess she kind of starts to trust him, and then he breaks the fucking egg. Like she, she what the he breaks the fucking egg. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, there's, there's a, it's, it's a lot. It, there's a lot of uh, deeper metaphors in there, but like that part just pissed me off. I was like, yo, this guy. But I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like. I'm trying to relate it. I had a really good metaphor for it last night, but then again, I drink a lot. But yeah, I don't know. It was, it's kind of hard to describe. Like, good challenge. Very good challenge. A movie like that, like... Yeah, the whole movie, like, on a, on a narrative level, it's functioning as a metaphor for a lot of things and, like, an exercise in abstraction, narratively. And on a technical level it's like the movie is flexing what it can do with the animation because it's like a moving painting sort of like the oh it's beautiful it's beautiful to look at yeah it's fucking beautiful and so many things were making me go holy shit like the the wind effect because it's all hand-drawn uh except there might have been a little bit of cgi in there somewhere because with like the reflections and windows and shit. Yeah, maybe a little bit, bro. This is '85 though. It's old, bro. This is crazy. That's true. That yeah, it came out in '85. So a lot of yeah, a lot of it is flexing that the animation muscle, where you just get these beautiful shots of not only does everything look really cool that's drawn, but the way that these animated characters move about, like with the wind blowing their hair and everything, which is. Not just the technical thing I noticed, like, you know, oh, hey, look, we're so good at this. We can make their hair blow. Like, you know, we're so, we're such good artists. It's like the wind is actually a big part of the story. Like, it's a elementally symbolic story. You've got wind and earth with the, the, you know, the decrepitness and the decay and everything. And then there's like water plays a big part in the story because as we find out, it's like, the great flood story basically oh yeah i forgot that she goes to fill up water every day and like yeah i forgot about that part yeah she's filling up these jars like every day going to fill up these jars and line them up in this enormous cave and neither of them they both have amnesia she and the guy they both they don't remember like where they come from or who they are and I feel like, especially because it's a mostly silent movie, like, that's a... The major questions of the movie are who are you and where do you come from? Because uh, they're some of the only words spoken in the whole damn movie. Yeah, right. 
who are you? Like, where do where do we come from? And like, why are we doing what we're doing? You know? Yeah. No, I like the. What do you all think about the shadow fish? Oh shit! The fishermen that just go. And, oh my god, that was crazy. She was like, they fish even though there are no more fish. I was like, that's mm-hmm. that's the that has some kind of deeper meaning. That's like, maybe. Yeah, another reference to, like, blind faith or something like that. I don't know. I was just like, that's crazy. I, I thought it was interesting that they end up destroying so much by trying to get, to chase these shadows. I thought that was a pretty good metaphor for how a lot of people live their lives. No, bro, 100%. 100%. Like, the fish is an idea, which is something that uh, David Lynch would agree wholeheartedly with. Like, yep. they're chasing these ideas, these fish, and are pretty much they're probably the reason but besides the flood they're probably the reason that like everything is in tatters because they run around with these harpoons throwing you know tossing them at shadowfish these ghosts and just breaking windows and shit um probably of note too that just to like coincide with the symbolism of it that that fish is a uh i forget the name of it it's, it's not a koi fish. It, it's like a... Uh, but it starts with a C. Uh, my uncle used to have one. A carp? Uh, no, not a carp. I mean, may, maybe. I don't know what a carp looks like. But like the... I was trying to think of like the scientific name of it. But they're mostly extinct now, apparently. Which is crazy because like my uncle used to have two of them. And then one of them ate the other one. <laughs> so he... He had a he, he had a hand to play in the extinction of them. <laughs> oh my god. So, Luna, I got and speaking on the like where we come from and everything. This movie being about ancestral history and the relevance of where you come from and your identity as a musician who relies, you know, on brand and all this and that and like presenting yourself a certain way i mean shit and just as a as a person with a religious background as a black man what like how did how did that how does that resonate with you that ancestral ties and identity so i wish that i was like closer with my ancestry you know what i mean like but in a way, I kind of don't like to look back. I like to look forward. You know, time doesn't work like linear, like how we would regularly understand. So, I mean, hmm. It's, that's a difficult, that's a fucking difficult question, my guy. No, I, I fuck with that. Keep going with that. Like. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Like, I would really, I really would like to know. Like, I was talking to this girl actually recently about, like, past lives and stuff like that. Like, all of that, like, interests mm-hmm. me. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, she was asking me, someone at work was asking me, like, about my birthmarks under my eyes, and she was like, that's an interesting place for you to have died in your past life, and I'm like, yo, uh, it's like, it's, that's fucking wild, I mean, but, man, I don't know, I could go off on a tangent about that all day, really. Do it, yeah, no, I'm interested, I'm really interested in past lives, because, full disclosure, I think that shit is real. You know, the Egyptians have this idea of, there's like two different levels to the soul. And so there's the level that you have right right now that makes you, you right now. But there's also a more eternal one. And that's the one that gets passed on. But I, you know, I know when I look at certain, like for example, when I look at pictures of New York City in the 1970s, 
I get a feeling that's like nostalgia, even though I wasn't there. I was born in 1986, so I, ne I never would have been there. But if I look at a picture of like Paris, France in the 1970s, I don't get that same feeling, right? So it's almost like when I see the pictures of New York, I'm seeing a place that I've been. And uh, I was wondering if you guys have any idea what you might have been in your past life, if you were even human. See, I don't, I don't, that's awesome that you actually recognize, that's cool. See, I've had like random feelings of nostalgia, but I cannot place exactly that. Or sometimes in dreams, I visit places that I feel like I've been before, but like I know I haven't been in real life type shit, mm -hmm. you know? Instances like that, ah, bro, it's just weird. That is just, it is just super weird. That just gets me thinking on topics like, there's no way that this is, I was just born in 93 or whatever, and then I'm just going to die. Like, there's no, I mean, there has, there has to be a lot more than that. Like, and, well, we really don't know, but it's fun to pontificate on. You, well, you know, like, you know when you go into a trip and you're in it, right? You're in that, that trip world. And you kind of, when you're in there, you kind of forget normal life. Not, not entirely, right? Because you can still function. But you you sort of forget the the what the quality of like the experience of living is, and then you get out of it, and you're like, oh fuck, whew, I'm back. <laughs> I, f I feel like life is like that. It's like a dream or a trip or something. And when we die, we're gonna come back to, or we're gonna go to wherever it is, you know, some big meeting hall somewhere, and uh, the angels or God or whatever is gonna be like, do you remember when we sent you down there? You had one. You had one job, right? And I'm gonna be like, oh fuck, that was right. I was supposed to kill the president. Shit. But you know what I mean? Like, that's that's the vibe I get. I have the same nostalgia for like um, like end of the world. I always go to to nowhere in my dreams. Like just desolation. But I don't know, it's hard to describe, like, not, not in, like, a, I definitely am not a doomer who, like, wants that shit, or is, like, ho hopeless, like, I think nihilism is fucking retarded, but, yeah, I, I feel like I'm from the future in some ways, aside from, you know, I'm, like, spiritually black, it's, like, that, that, that as well. <laughs> I was gonna say, going to a place where there's nothing, I think that, Probably means that you're an evil demon from hell. I'm he I'm heathenish, bro. Like this, <laughs> right? I can I can right. prove I'm not a demon. According to some people, demons can't read the Bible. Oh, interesting. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's true. That's true. That is true. I have I have Genesis six open right now, for the people at cool. home who have never. So, this will this will go in with the vibe of the show. Get you on our level of what we're talking about. The Lord said, "My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be limited to one hundred and twenty years." The Nephilim occupied the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God nutted in the daughters of man and bore children to them. Deep. What? <laughs> Bro, have some, have some respect, dog. I'm reading from the Bible. <laughs> <Hold> oh <my. laughs> the, hey, yo! These 
These were the mighty Chads of old, men of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of his heart was evil. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with grief. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the earth, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. For I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah. Oh, is that the one from the movie? That's the one from the movie. Or kind of. Yeah, yeah. And then he changes the end to where, like, you know, nothing matters. The dove never comes back and everything leaves and they forget why they're there. Which is metal as hell. Like, I really like that remix. <laughs> yeah, it was a banger. That's my favorite song. Bro, what did you say? You said you, you, added some, you added some shit in there. What did you say? Oh, my God. I don't know. That's the King James version, bro. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to have to reread that shit. <laughs> oh, oh. And then God said, oh, my bad. I didn't mean to make all this shit. Sorry. Um, Every time uh, I read the Bible or hear Kelby's beautiful voice reading the Bible, it's just so good. It just sounds so cool, you know? It's like, it's epic. Dude, Kelby, do a fucking audiobook version of the Bible. <laughs> you should, Kelby. I, I can come in, I can play Jesus. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's obvious. <laughs> oh dude when i was 33 i was like i was like i gotta make it through this year because i gotta i gotta live longer than jesus you know that was like my whole that was my whole goal when i was when i was 27 i was like i gotta get out of the 27 club like i didn't carry i would i'm serious like i was fucking superstitious i wouldn't carry white lighters because you know that whole like amy winehouse kurt cobain Jimi hendrix like they all died like uh janice joplin they all died at 27 they all had white lighters, <clears throat> so I wouldn't carry a white lighter around, even though I'm not even a musician or important or anything like that. But uh, once I got past that, I got to 33, and I was like, okay, got to outlive our Lord and Savior. And now here I am, 35. Can't get crucified out here. <laughs> Hell yeah, you made it. You're older than Jesus. I'm older than Jesus. I'm a survivor. I'm like Rick Grimes. I'm a survivor. But... Um, a little Walking Dead. Y'all watch The Walking Dead? No? Um, it's a good show. I couldn't follow past like maybe second season yeah, or something yeah, like I that. Know. I don't I know. know. A lot of people like give up on the show. My wife and I are binging it on Netflix right now though. It's good shit. It's a soap opera. You know, it's a soap opera with, you know, zombies Zombies getting their heads squished. <laughs> so it's fun. I, I do like that uh, the Asian kids arc. He he goes he goes pretty nuts. He goes crazy. That's Rios's, uh, that's her eye candy. And, like, we know that he's going to die. Like, he gets his head beat in with a baseball bat, which is kind of, like, famous when it came out because it was so sh- it was kind of Game of Thrones, you know, when they kill a main character or whatever. So we know he's going to die, and she's like, damn. It's like, what am I going to look at for the rest of the show? I was like, I don't know. You could look at me, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you, you could look at me while we watch this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of emotionally cheating on me, <laughs> I know, I know. He's, I'm gonna find that guy. I'm gonna fucking cut his throat. No, <laughs> <laughs> Violence. What are we talking about? Violence. Angel's leg. That's right. Actually, I wanted to talk a little bit about your music. What got you started in music? What's your? What are you trying to do with your music? I'm interested. Yeah, dude. So. I actually got my start in music in church. I was playing drums in my like church choir, which was crazy. Like 
some of the most talented musicians I've ever played with are, have, they, have been in gospel church, like, just fucking crazy talent, and half of them can't even read music. It's all just, like, playing for years and shit like that, so I got my chops up uh, just being a drummer. Mm -hmm. Then I joined this, like, punk band when I was, like, 15, 16. We got a lot of stage experience and shit like that. We had, like, a, man, a little manager and shit. Like, we were playing, like, House of Blues. Uh, we played Warehouse Live a couple times. Uh, <coughs> sorry, I just took a dab. Fuck. <coughs> um, Hit that wax. We did, like, a little tour of, like, the Hot Topics in Houston, too. That was fucking fun. Um, but, yeah. Um, Wait, you did a tour of Hot Topics? Well, we played at a bunch of the Hot Topics in the Houston area. Yeah. Like, in, in store. That's so sick. I mean, it was, it was pretty sick. Like, sometimes... Uh, when we weren't doing very good, it was kind of annoying because like we'd just be in there like playing like shit, and then people would be trying to like shop around us and shit, like trying to buy like bondage pants and Avengers Funko Pops. And yeah, shit. like, like excuse me, bro, you're on? blocking uh, my fucking Invader Zim shirt. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but no, nah, after the band didn't work out, I kind of started doing like electronic music production and just like recording and engineering, and uh, I started making hip hop eventually, and then started um giving beats to my friends more so instead mm -hmm. of just like rapping myself and then eventually I was just like fuck it uh, I'm tired of working with anyone else I'm just gonna become a vocalist myself and a bunch of stuff was happening in my life at the time like some debts in the family some relationships so I was like I have a bunch of material to go with and uh made my first album called Kaizen in like 2018 17 18 something like that and ever since then I've been kind of developing my sound trying to find exactly what I want to do. Um, it's always a little bit different. It's not always just rap. I like to like sing, um, make rock songs, still play guitar, uh, drums, stuff like that. Um, I'm starting to find more of my sound now, especially with my single that just dropped and more so with my album that came out um, beginning of this year, Diviner. It's got a blend of like, mm -hmm. a blend of everything I do basically. I, I self-produce the whole thing. It's like, um, it's not, I wouldn't even call it a rap album, really. I, I rap on, like, four or five of the songs, but it's, it's, it's cool, you know. That's cool. So what, what, how would you describe your sound? Um, kind of, like, alternative punk. Uh, I don't, yeah, alternative punk, hip-hop. Y'all ever, ever listen to uh, this, this band? I guess it's a group called Horror. Yeah. they do with, like, lines. Yes. They're fucking good, man. Yes, I love horror. Yeah. They're good. That's just uh, like the hip hop and and uh, punk crossover makes me think of Death Grips and horror. Yes, those are the two that come to mind. My song Slacker is low key a horror ripoff. <laughs> oh really? That's awesome. Yeah. No, that's cool shit, man. That's really cool. So, um, when you're making a song, this might sound like a weird technical question, but how how long does it take you to make a song? Um, bro, it takes me so long, honestly. Like. Not mm -hmm. to actually write mm -hmm. the song, but to um, do my extra vocals and, like, make sure I like it and tune everything. Because I'm not, like, a perfectionist, but, like, I'm past the point of putting out anything that's not fucking really good. You know what I mean? So it does take yeah, me a long yeah, time to, like, get all the final little details done. And now I'm starting to send my tracks to other engineers to mix and master because I don't trust myself right. to call it done ever i'm gonna tinker with it forever if i mix and master it so i've been sending it off just like paying people to do it but yeah it's, it's, it it really takes a long time idea. but yeah. like the product is always is always good you know 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sending it off to somebody else to mix and master it is a really good idea because I think that every stage of an artistic process <clears throat> needs di- needs fresh eyes, basically. Like, that's, you know, Kelby and I make our books and we self-publish them, basically. But there's a certain point, I know with my books, and I'm sure Kelby does this too, where <clears throat> I'm not 100% on it, but then I, I just send it to, you know, people who I trust to finish the rest of it because I'm too close. I, I honestly, at a certain point, I can't tell anymore exactly, if it's good or bad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, David comes up with all my endings, basically. I'm just like, uh, the, here, here's what it is right now. And then he's like, you should have the raccoon grab the drugs and jump off the roof and insert a joke in there somewhere. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. That, that'd be awesome. The inserting a joke is really important. But on the subject of music, the soundtrack of this movie like i know nothing about it and i couldn't find anything about it but just vibing with it personally i i want to do mixed media shit (laughs) like because music is so powerful accompanied with the right visuals and vice versa oh yeah bro no 100 percent, 100 percent. like the the soundscapes that the composer was putting through and like sometimes it was like like, aggressive percussion and shit like it was it was crazy. Sometimes there was no noise at all. Like it was, I was like, it, it was, it was perfect. It was perfect. I've thought about like wanting to score things before, but like I don't know. Like watching something like this kind of makes me want to do it even more. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it was, it's beautiful. It was beautiful. As a musician, part of your job is the visual part of it too. Like you know, the not just live performances, how you present yourself, like what people. Uh, think of you like i mean you and i have had this conversation where like that that is you you wake up in the morning and you're a you're a goth pirate but like yeah no 100 (laughs) my makeup on from last night yeah i will say uh this is no homo but you you are a very compelling looking person oh thank you bro i get compliments all the time like this lady told me yesterday uh i look like an anime character i was like dude that's sick thank you i appreciate that (laughs) it's like i was an anime character in a past life yeah (laughs) but yeah no the uh we're we're learning that and this is getting a little bit meta like we're learning with this show like that you kind of need to fuck with all forms of media to make a full encompassing artistic expression like the visuals are nothing without the music and the music is nothing without the you know, the visuals and then the, like the, it all comes from some sort of narrative and then all of it together creates a specific vibe. No, 100%. It all goes hand in hand. I've always seen parallels with you specifically, like your music and the way that you approach it and everything. I've felt like a sort of a kindred, sh- a kinship there and like how I approach like writing and shit because it's like a pursuit of a voice, a pursuit of a vibe. It's not really like, um, it's not trying to commit to a bit it because you don't even know what the bit is. It's like constantly trying to find yourself. Like you have a unique voice that comes from not completely understanding what that voice is. And so constantly trying to fuck with it and uh, like figure out what, what it is. Oh, bro, that's, that's, yeah, round of applause. That's amazing. That was amazing. 100%. That's like, <laughs> that's, that was great. I love that. You have a great way of describing things that I think, but I cannot fucking say. Wait, why, 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 why can't you say it?
Uh, I'm, uh, I, I would think that I would have a good way with words, but I, I kind of don't. I don't know. Really don't. Hey, we're not going to judge you. I mean, maybe later, but like, we won't judge you right now. <laughs> no, bro, most lyricists are that way. Like, and that's, I feel that really heavily. And this, like, podcasting has kind of forced me to try and get, like, the podcast is the reason that I'm trying to get better at articulating, like, verbally because or vocally i mean because like yeah i would just put it in the writing and i think that's that's a lot of artists like because your fucking lyrics go deep as hell like i've quoted them and talking about your music and shit before like you you put it out in the lyrics and i find this is the case with like a ton of rappers who are like our modern day poets like i don't know anybody in like rock music and shit who's on the level of like kurt cobain and shit so like I, I wouldn't even know, but like rappers for sure, like the modern day poets, and uh, you hear some like a lot of them, a lot of uh, interviews I see and everything with rappers. I'm just like, bro, are you there? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Lil Yachty, he's giving a bunch of bad fucking interviews. But they're like the the art doesn't reflect that though. Like you know, like, it could be like somebody who writes the most genius shit could be a fucking dunce when it comes to like trying to form a sentence in a in a sit down like just conversation environment right 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 right. but um i don't sometimes i feel like a lot more comfortable saying things uh but like just like putting them in my songs like my deeper deeper thoughts as opposed to like just saying them which is kind of weird but i don't know yeah yeah like you said like a lot of a lot of artists are like that a lot of artists well it's i don't think it's weird because I think that art acts as a cage or a container for bad spirits. So you can have thoughts about uh, murder and violence and shit. And if you say them, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if you say them in the context of communicating, uh, you're actually performing violence on people. But if you put them in the form of art, I don't know. It's like you put them in a little bouncy castle where they can hang out and not hurt <laughs> anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I ju- I just picture like the personification of like rape and oh murder in a bouncy God. castle. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I was picturing like uh, Buffalo Bill and like Jason Voorhees in there just jumping around. And know. Buffalo Bill is like crossing his legs the whole time, like tucking his dick, and trying to like and trying to bounce at the same time. <laughs> Man, y'all never look in the mirror and be like, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) Jason's just swinging his machete like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Homophobic Jason Voorhees. How about Jason Voorhees? Man, that's a hard name to turn into. He tried. I, tr- I tried, and all I did was just repeat his name. <laughs> 10 out of 10 for effort. Welcome to the Agitated Podcast, where the hosts are retarded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but hey, we make it work. Yeah, yeah. that's low-key how we get away with everything, because when people are like, oh my god, they said this, we're just like, we're, we're retarded. <laughs> actually, it's actually ableist to, to be mean to us. At any given time. So. I have a fun fact to throw in here. Oh, we got fun facts. Tying. Oh, shit. We got fun We've facts. got fun facts. We're ending, or 
we're ending the near of the season. We're nearing the end of uh, season one of this show. Cool. And uh, our whole aesthetic, our ethos, our religion is Takashi Miike. And I'm really fucking with Mamoru Oshii on this level because he's very Miike-esque in how his sort of foray into um, filmmaking like how it all went down i'm not privy to exactly what was going on in the 80s with like japanese studios but i've seen a ton of references to that as a dark period financially where studios were avoiding personal projects and focusing more on shit like godzilla versus his own dick or whatever that's a classic of the genre actually. yeah that was my favorite it was like shin godzilla and then like the original Gojira and then Godzilla versus his dick or whatever I just said. Yeah, I love it. You wouldn't think it, but his dick had hands. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hell of a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> this is why David's an award winning author. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bro. Yes. But uh but that's where that's where Oshi uh broke out from, like that period. Uh like Mike he made a name for himself by putting his signature style into straight-to-video genre films. And uh, since the studios at that time had such low expectations, uh, they let directors do whatever the fuck they wanted. And he eventually... So, he, yeah, he just, he just put his own spin on, like, B-genre shit and uh, eventually, you know, found funding for his own shit, just like, just like Mike. Oh, that's that's fucking awesome. And this this movie specifically, this goes back to like the the constant pursuit of a voice and like expressing yourself more through like art. Because I I do I know I do this like I obsess over images. Like I'll have a joke or a image or like a character that I have to put somewhere, and they'll disappear from one book, and I'll be like, oh, they'll go in the next one because they have to. Like it just it it sticks with me, and the. Uh, angel's egg like all of the shit with the like angel fossil and the mysterious girl that was actually supposed to be part of a loop in the third movie but hmm. that got canceled and so oshi just transplanted those ideas uh into angel's egg interesting yeah no very interesting very interesting that's probably what adds to a little bit of the confusion of the plot and like the storyline but i mean it weirdly fits though you know yeah yeah a hundred percent. I do fuck with that. Like I was thinking about. We've been watching a lot of Shinya Sukamoto movies, and like, he's somebody who. And I get it. It seems like Oshi is another person who does this. Who uh, doesn't give a fuck about exposition. Like throws it all out the window. Like you aren't. You're not launched into the middle of the story, but he doesn't bring you up to speed at all. You just gotta kind of assume what's going on. And then by the middle of it, you kind of have your own interpretation of what's going on, but he never really tells you what it's about. Like, it just, it just goes. You got to figure it out. Right, 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 right. I'm not going to lie. Like, for most movies I watch uh, beforehand, I do read, like, a brief synopsis just because I'm the type of nerd that does not want to be out of... I, I will always want to know what's going on. I'm not even going to lie. I, like, watched the spoilers for Spider-Man. I was like, fuck it, dude. I'm not, I'm not about to be in the theater clapping with these nerds. I, I better know. <laughs> It's like, I want to know where I am. You're not going to catch me slipping. Fuck no. <laughs> hey, Luna, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. You're a great guest. I've really enjoyed this time. Uh, would you like to 
do any quick promotion, anything you got you want people to check out, and uh, I will then link to it in the show notes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a website, lunad.com, L-U-N-V-D.com. Um, also, I have a new music video out called What Else? Question mark. Directed by T. Aubrey on YouTube. Song is available everywhere to stream. Spotify, iTunes, Tidal, uh, fucking MySpace. Uh, MySpace. Yeah. Uh, listen to my music. I got some more music coming out soon. Also, check out the books from my boys here. They're fucking awesome authors. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Folks, the movie is Angel's Egg. It came out in 1985. It's weird. It's long. It's kind of boring. But it's very interesting. It gets you into a headspace that other movies won't get you into. So if you like Ghost in the Shell, you probably like Angel's Egg. I can't forget other days in the cold all alone, but I still got the heart made of gold. Now I just do it that one. You only do this, you told. Got no big red silly chef in the breeze, so content by the time that I'm old. Me and my people move on. If you oppose, then you're not even close. I can't forget all the days in the cold all alone, but I still got the heart made of gold. Now I just do it that one. You only do this, you told. Got no big red silly chef in the breeze, so content by the time that I'm old. Me and my people move on. If you oppose, then you're not even close. I just wanna live for the moment I don't even know where the fuck that I'm going Coming to my room, I think the fuck I said it's snowing Different kind of dream, you can see my aura glowing Glowing